again. Uh, well, it sure is good to, to be saved. And I am, I'm for real, I'm, I really am. I, I'm, I am amazed that the, Lord, that the Lord does love us like he does. Amen. It is an amazing thing uh, to sit back and, and just, just witness how good God is to us. Uh, if you'll notice on top of your outline, um, I've got a title, and it's, it's a rather stupid title. It says Mother's Day, I think. Ain't that what it says? Yeah, that's really dumb. Uh, I worked really hard to come up with a title, and that's the best I could come up with. So if that's any indicator how the rest of this morning is going to go, then we're all, we're all in bad shape. Amen? Uh, I, really, I was like, I don't even know. Because I don't normally do the whole Mother's Day kind of thing, but I was, you know, I've been feeling some stuff lately, and, and I've just been asking the Lord to kind of guide me in the whole thing. And, and, um, and, you know, I mean, it's one of those deals like, there you are, Mother's Day. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we'll do, do better when we get around to preaching the to the guys so who knows amen and for the record uh it, it, it before i even start the sermon it is there's going to be some things in here that are going to be rather pointed but i want you to understand um uh to to all the ladies in the room i think that about 90 percent of all the problems that go on and i said 90 not not 99 or 100 but i think about 90 percent all the problems go on in a home starts with the male amen and uh, so I want you to make sure you get that. While there is biblical responsibilities with every single role in the room, um, I do think that most of the problems fall on all of our stupidity. So, uh, so anyway, with, with that said, let, let's, uh, let's pray and then let's jump into it. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for being good to us and thank you for being faithful to love us like you do. And God, it is an amazing thing to understand and experience and to try to comprehend the love of God. And I'm glad that it was demonstrated on a cross, Lord, that you'd send your only begotten son to die for our sins when, when he had no sin of his own. And uh, so, Lord, I, I just want to say thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for saving my soul at the age of 24 and birthing me in the family of God. And I'm glad you gave me a place that I could go back to and, and I, could, I, could, uh, I could reflect on over the years and just think about how good you've been to me since you saved me. And so, Lord, I... Again, I, I, I want to say thank you for doing that. Thank you for being good to me and giving me a family like you have. Uh, Lord, you've done a lot of things in our life. And, and Lord, I pray that you keep doing them. I pray that you keep working. And God, you keep making yourself manifest in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, as far as the place you're going to turn, we're going to be everywhere. So uh, you, you, there'll be some you'll want to turn to, uh, maybe, and look at. And then there'll be the rest of them will be on the screen. Uh, Charlie, you good back there on outline what? Outline? Okay. All right. Um, real, real quick, I, I want to I make sure we understand where we're going this morning. In a day and in an age where it seems like we're the lines of, of women and men, uh, they're, they're really blurred right now, wouldn't you say? Uh, like what is a woman and what is a man? Now, obviously not us. We know what a woman is and we know what a man is. Amen. But I would say uh, that the lines are extremely blurred. Uh, that they have been, they've been changed. They've been uh, altered. They what what you would call a man and what you would call a woman nowadays, with so many different kinds of identification purposes. Uh, it, you know, they're they're all kind of blurred. But there's one thing that I found that holds true, and it is the Bible. 
The Bible has held true the entire time to what it calls men and women. Amen? It has held true to what it called men and women. And not only that, but it has held true to what biblical characteristics or traits that men and women carry. Right? So, so, so there's, there's, there's roles and responsibilities for every woman, uh, for every man, and for every child in the room. Does that make sense? And we 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 got to get to the place where we understand there is an absolute truth that we can find in the Bible. If you do not have a final authority, you do not have anything. If you do not have absolute truth, you actually don't have anything in life. If the Bible is not your final authority, then then the chances are that you're not really secure in your own salvation. If the Bible's not your final authority in 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 things that pertain to men and women then there's a good chance that there's a lot of things as far as the futuristic, uh, a futuristic aspect goes that you don't understand there either. You say, why is that such a big deal? It's a big deal to get nailed down where we are. Why? Well, the generation we live in has changed that. The generation we live in is trying to tell us something that we're not. It's trying to tell us who we're not. And I want to present something to you today in terms of the way that we view motherhood. I want, to, I want you to look at, in the way that we view motherhood. And for the guys in the room, you don't need to check out because there'll be plenty for you, uh, for you as we work through this thing as well. But it's almost, it's almost as we do, we do this really weird thing to where we try to separate people. And we do it in ministry too. And, and there's nothing wrong with the way we do it. But I think it kind of it secludes almost. And it, it, it kind of boxes off the way we think. And, and here's how we do it. We separate them. We separate people into singles, into marrieds, and, and, and married folks, and then into uh, mothers or fathers. It's just the way we're wired. It's almost like we put them in their own separate category with their own specific set of instructions. And, and you say, well, that is true. They do have their own specific set of instructions. And you would be right. But that they ha while they do have a specific set of instructions, they're not mutually exclusive and can't be separated from the others. Does that make sense? So they're, they're not mutually exclusive in this whole thing. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, look, let's, let's take a gander at the Bible, and I'll, I want to show you some things. According to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, God created two different genders. What were, man, we, we need, we need I, I don't know if you know that. Roll up with us to Paulding County High School and stay about a week. And you'll say amen after that. You know who needs to hear you say amen? My kids. I don't know if you realize this or not, but my kids are in a place to where there's more than two genders. You may not be. You may not work there. You may not go there. But, but our children, your children, need to hear you say amen to that. God created two different genders, male and female. Amen. amen. All right? So you say, why is that such a big deal? Because it's being attacked. It is being attacked. We, all you've got to do is attack Genesis 1.27 and you've destroyed the foundation of the family completely. There is no foundation of the family without Genesis 1.27 because you don't, have two or three, uh, you don't have three or four or five or six different genders. Amen? Amen. All right, so we also know that, that he, as he instituted these different genders, he, he assigned different roles and responsibilities and they were designed within... Within those certain individuals, how many of you understand that, that men, uh, women's brains and men's brains are not wired the same? Amen? They're just not. They're just not wired the same. 
And so they, they, they have different wiring, they have different roles, they have different responsibilities. And at the same time, they're meant to complement one another to the, to the fullest extent. Amen? Uh, I, 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 want, I want to make, make sure you get this. We, we know, uh, the, the little side note on there, we know that they, they, they both would be called to procreate. But, but get this, she would be the one to carry the child. There's actually men trying to carry children around right now. That's the craziest thing ever. But that's the society we're living in. But we know that we, we know they were they were both called to procreate, right? Multiply and replenish the earth. Who, who was called to do that? Adam and Eve. Well, there's only one carrying a child. They have a different role, they have a different responsibility. All right? So they were they were different. They were different in personality, they were different in function, they were different in ability. They were different in ability. For, 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 the, for, the whole, for, the, for the whole group that says we're all the same in ability, I dare one of you guys to try to carry a child, naturally. Amen? And let's see one of you women in here produce seed. Amen? They've all got, di they have different abilities. Amen? For, for the crew that stands on the stage and says, we're all, we're, we're, we're all the same. No, you're actually not. No, you're, you're actually not all the same. Uh, and, and so we got to make sure that we, we got to make sure that we identify those things. But now I want you to look at this. Genesis, I mean Galatians chapter number 3. Galatians chapter number 3 says there's neither Jew, uh, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, look at the equality and accountability of that. He says there's neither male nor female. That's huge when it comes to us in Christ. Why? Well, because it puts us all on the same playing field. It puts us all on the same playing field when it comes to our obedience and it comes to our service to Jesus Christ. We're all one in Christ. So there's, there's, there's no, well, he's this or he's, no. We're one in Jesus Christ. There's neither male nor female. So we can't get away from Romans 12, 1 and 2. We, none of us in the room can get away from, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You can't get away from that as a child of God. Why? Well, because there's neither male nor female. There's neither Jew nor Greek. We're in Christ. And so when God sees us, he sees us in what? He sees us in Christ. So at, at your core, fundamentally, your DNA says you're a woman or your DNA says you're a man. And spiritually, you're born dead and you need new life. And how you get new life is to get into Christ. You get new life by getting into Christ. What does that mean? It means that every male and every female needs to be in Christ. That's what it, that's what it means. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he said, Except a man be born again. Except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Romans 3 and verse 23 lays it out real, real easy for us. Uh, 22. 
He says, for there is no difference. You ready? For all have sinned. The latter part of 22 says, for there is no difference. For there is no difference. For all have sinned. And not only have all sinned, but they all come short of bringing God glory. Why? Because they're sinners. They can't bring God glory because they are indeed sinners. So then Romans 10. Romans 10 is in place for all of us in the room that are male or female. That if any of us shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with mouth confession is made unto salvation. So now, you ready? Now that all of us, male and female, are in Christ and we no longer see the male and female aspect of it, here's what God's called us to do. He's called us to walk in the what? No, no. He's called us to walk in the Spirit. He's called every single one of us in this room because we came to faith in Christ to walk in the Spirit. That's why it's so pointed and so direct, and it's so direct from Galatians that, that, that God has called us to walk in the Spirit. And when we walk in the Spirit, we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He said in verse 17, For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other. You cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest for men. It doesn't say that, right? It doesn't say that the works of the flesh are manifest for men. It doesn't say that the works of the flesh are manifest for women. How many of you understand that there's no male and female sins here? Now, I will say this, there's usually males that struggle with certain things more than women, females do. There's usually females that struggle with certain sins more than, than men do. It's just it's traits, it's, it's, it's just typical male and female behavior. And we see it. We know, we know, we know that there's, uh, we, we, I mean, for, for instance, we, we, we know for sure from Genesis chapter number 3 and verse 16 that Eve was going to have a problem submitting to Adam and she was going to try to rule Adam. So she has a problem with submitting to authority. She has a problem with rebellion against authority. She has a problem, and, and, and listen, it's a problem that Eve has. Okay? Here's what I'll say. There's a lot of, there's a lot of men in this world that have a really bad flesh problem in terms of, uh, uh, of, of lust when it comes to fornication, adultery. And, and it's, it's crazy how God lays these out. Look, look what he says in verse 19. The works of the flesh, he, he said, are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresy, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as, he's told you in time, as he told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. While there is no, while there is no male, female, uh, male sin and female sin, God just lumps them all together. They're directed to men and women. But for the sake of our roles in creation, in functionality, that women specifically operate in, 
There's some things that the Bible addresses. There's some things that the Bible specifically addresses. And I, I want you to start thinking outside. All right, so we, we, we're, we're dealing with, with all women right now. So, so before we got, we, we got, we got singles, uh, we got married folks, and, and then we got uh, fathers and mothers. We got, we got parents. Okay, it's usually the way we like to block it off and we like to separate everything. But I, w- I want you to think about it in a completely different in a completely different realm. They're actually just building blocks. Is all they are. They're not. They're not actually. Any, they're, they're not anything outside of a, a different another set of expectations. Uh, it, it's one set of an expectation, and then it's a it's an it's almost like an addendum set of expectations. With 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 married folks, and then another addendum set of expectations with a with with a, uh, with parents. You say, well, that, that's kind of hard to get wrapped around my mind. But I want you I want, I want you to see it. I want you to see it, and and maybe we can all see it together. Look look at uh, what some things that the Bible dre- addresses about women. First um, Peter one and uh, chapter three and verse three. Who's adorning? Let let it not be the outward adorning of plating, of plating the hair, and of wearing of gold, and of putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. Now, now make sure you make sure you get what what's being said. He's addressing women, and he's dealing with the heart of a a man. Why would he do that? Because there's neither male nor female in Christ. This is a person in Christ. This is a person that is in Christ. He's dealing with a woman, and this is a person that is in Christ. But let it be the hidden heart of a man in that which is not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. You say, well, this is actually to wives. And you're true. You'd be right. It is to wives. But these wives, guess what? They're, they weren't always wives. There wasn't always wives. You know, you, the, the, the context of uh, 1 Peter 3 is to wives, but, but make sure you get this. You don't get married and then become this. Does that make sense? You, you don't, you don't, it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to do better when I get saved. That's a lie. I'm going to get clean, and then I'm going to get saved. I'm going to quit doing drugs, and I'm going to get saved. I'm going to quit drinking, and then I'm going to get saved. That, that's a lie. That don't, it don't happen that way. It's like, well, I'm going to be a good father once I have children. Listen to me. Good fathers are Christians. Oh, I'm going to be a good, I'm going to be a good, I'm going to, man, I'm going to be a good husband when I get me. No, 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 no. Good husbands Follow Jesus Christ. It's not they all of a sudden turned into good husbands. Does that make sense? We, we have completely separated the whole thing. And we're going into marriage counseling now. And I'm, having it. I, I, I'm teaching people things that they should have been before they ever decided to get married. Simple things like walking in the Spirit. And not fulfilling the lust. You say, well, that, that's real simple, but it's real hard. It is real simple, but it is real hard. What, what happens is it's really, really hard when you say, I do and I want to get married, but you haven't submitted yourself to the Spirit of God before you walk into a scene like that. 
then it becomes even harder. You see, all marriage, all marriage is is two people that have already submitted themselves to the will of God and they now couple themselves together. The two have become one flesh and now they work as one flesh. You know what parenting is? It's one flesh raising people. We, we, we separate everything. Well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. No, no we're, we're, we're not going to do that. So Peter's making the, 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 the address to wives. Make sure you understand. They didn't, just start, they didn't just start getting a meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God. They didn't know that was them. Look, look at Titus chapter 2. The aged women, likewise. Look, look at the category of women. What is the category? Everybody see it's the second word. Aged, aged or aged women. That they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own, uh, obedient to their own husbands, uh, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So, so what is the category? Let's, let's say it again. What, what is the category? Second word. Okay. So there's a possibility that these women are married, right? But you know what else? There's a possibility they're not. So if we want to if, if we want to pull some things out of First Peter chapter number three, but we said we can't do it because they're specifically married. But I, I want to say uh, there's a real good chance that the, there's some aged women in this category right here that that might just not be married. But I'm going to say there's probably both. Well, look, well, you know that that's a whole lot of things to do, is it? Is it a whole lot of things to do? Is it a whole lot of things to not be a false accuser? <laughs> to not be given to much wine? To be uh, teachers of good things and, and not, not bad things? To, to teach, uh, to, to be sober and to teach younger women to love their husbands? And ain't that crazy? Ain't that crazy these older women having to teach these bunch of, these women to love these bunch of bonehead men? Why is that? It's probably hard at times. But it's interesting to note that, that very last part, that the word of God, what? Be not blasphemed. It was all about God's name, which, <coughs> which he said he had, had set his word above his very name, that the word of God be not blasphemed. It's a big deal. First uh, Thessalonians, First uh, Timothy, chapter two, verse nine. In like manner, also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair, or gold, or pearls, or costly array, but now, now this is the contrast. This is uh, that word, but is almost like a versus. But with good works. But you ready? But which becometh women professing godliness 
with good works. The contrast here is this. It, 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 there, there's, there's nothing saying uh, that, that gold, it, that broided hair and, and, and gold and pearls and costly arrays a bad thing to have. Here's what it is saying. If it's not coupled with good works, it's a bad thing to have. It's saying that the outward appearance of a woman is not the thing that men should be looking for. What should they be looking for? They should be looking for somebody that has good works. That's what they should be looking for. It's kind of like 1 Peter chapter 3. The outward adorning. The contrast there is the hidden man of the heart. You can have how many how many of you have seen seen really beautiful women? And and and, and you and it didn't take but about five words from a very beautiful woman. Men men in here and women alike. You've you've talked to very beautiful women. It didn't take about five words to for you to figure out that they had a really ugly spirit. They had a really ugly heart. Why why is that? Well, because God said it was the heart that we should be looking at. See, all of, all of that, all of that would transfer to a biblical mother. But it wasn't because they were good biblical wives. Ready? It was because they were Christians. They were biblical Christians. You know what most marriages need? They need somebody to be, a, be this thinking Christian. That's all they need. They don't, you don't need a better husband or a better wife. You just need a better Christian. Hello, somebody. You say, well, I feel like I need a better spouse. I feel like God may be using your spouse to make you a better Christian. And you just don't want to admit it. Well, I need this, or I need that, or I need... No, no, you, you don't need all that. We all need to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You see, mothers are supposed to be biblical women that end up birthing children. They're supposed to be biblical women that end up birthing children. You see, mothers are women that got married, that brought children into the world. Mothers have the same responsibility, responsibility as they did before. But now they have another soul to raise in a world for the glory of God. That's a big task, right? That's a big task. I think that's one of the reasons Paul said, uh, Paul told us to remain unmarried. If you can remain unmarried, then do it. But it's better to marry than burn. So what if, what if we in this room, and, and I... I, I I gave you four real practical things that we're going to hit this morning. Uh, and and I, I, think, I think they're practical enough to where they could apply to, to mothers and fathers. But, but in, a world, in a world that we live in right now, wouldn't it be cool if we could just be the group that was different? Wouldn't it just be cool if you could be the mom or the dad that was different? Man, think about 
how much different motherhood and fatherhood is now compared to 40 or 50 years ago. Think about what cell phones have done to motherhood. And I know moms that spend more time on their phones than they do talking to their own kids. I know, I, I know, more, I know, I know more fathers that spend more time on Facebook than they do in front of their own kids. Like, and I say, well, I, you, I got more time with Facebook than I do with my kids. Well, let me say this. You're going you're gonna to have to make time. I, 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 what, what, we, we, got, we got social media that has transformed used-to-be mothers into like glamour figures now. People that, that, that used to be all about or, or would have been all about their children, now they're all about the approval of the world. Fathers are all about the approval of, of the world. How people see them, how people perceive them. I'm going to give you, I, I want to give you these, and in, 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 I'm going to try to get through all four of them as quick as I can. Some practical things for us to think about. All I want you to do is consider these things this morning as it concerns mothers. And again, I believe it'll, it'll, it'll hit some fathers in the room. And, and it should hit it should hit every single person actually that intends on raising a home one day, or helping somebody else even raise a home. One of these days, uh, there 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 there's going to be uh, people that you're going to want. I mean, uh, you know, there there's plenty of people that are discipling other people in this room that don't even know they're discipling other people in this room. And it matters what you do. It matters how you learn. There's three. There's three. Things that our children learn by. Number one, they learn by our example. They learn by our example what we do. And, and I would say that, that this is the loudest. This is by far the loudest. Then they learn by our instruction. And it's only credible if we back up, if we back it up by what we do. So 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 it's on our instruction. It's not, it's not do what I say. You know, the old saying, do, do, do as I say, not as I do. Well, that's garbage when it comes to raising kids. It just don't work. So our example should be first. Our instruction should be next. And then not only that, but the environments that we put them in. The environment, the home that we put them in. The, the environment, the kids that we allow them to be around. You say, I, I can't dictate all my kids, my kids' friends. But you can. You can. You just won't. It's not you can't, it's that you won't. And so I want to give you these. What are all three of these communicating? Are they communicating the same thing about the Lord Jesus Christ? Number one, I want you to look at, I want you to look at a really practical thing. How I discipline my children reveals my faith in Christ. How I discipline my children reveals my faith in Christ. It was Jesus Christ. Make sure you get this. Jesus Christ is the perfect example of a father that disciplines his children. There's some things. I, I don't have time to run through all the verses. We'll be here till one or so. There, there's... There's some things that you need to understand about an undisciplined child. 
Now, I don't, I don't want to talk about a disciplined child. I don't want to talk about an undisciplined child. And, and, and I want to make the, make the case that I, how I discipline my child reveals my faith in Christ. Because I know a lot of people that won't discipline their child because they don't want them to, quote-unquote, hate them when they grow up for disciplining them. Well, it don't work like that. Kids don't work like that. Real life discipline that's coupled with love don't work like that. He said to raise them in the nurture and the admonition. The admonition is negative. The nurture is positive. And so them two combined together, they can be one force that is, that is driving a child to love through discipline. What, what is an undisciplined children? Well, let, let, let's look at it. An undisciplined child will grow up to be a sorrow to his father. He will grow up to be a sorrow to his father. Proverbs 17, verse 21. He that begetteth a fool, or begetteth a fool doeth it to his sorrow, and the father of a fool hath no joy. The father of a fool hath no joy. Not only is he a, a fool, a sorrow to his father, but, but he's a heaviness to his mother. Proverbs 10 and verse 1. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is a heaviness to his mother. It's hard. A, a foolish son is heavy on a mother's heart. Look at the next one. An undisciplined child. Will grow up to be, it causes grief and bitterness to his father and his mother. Proverbs 17 and verse 25. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness and bitterness to he that buried. Proverbs 19 and verse number 3. Notice this. The foolishness of man perverteth his way, and his heart fretteth against the Lord. His heart fretteth against the Lord. My, my, get, get, it, get it right here. An undisciplined child will grow angry against the Lord. Why? Well, because that's the way God disciplined. The, 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 the disciplinary actions of a father was supposed to directly impact the disciplinary actions of our Heavenly Father. Notice this, an undisciplined child is a shame and a reproach to his father and his mother. He that wasteth his father and chaseth away his mother is a son that causes shame and bringeth reproach. This last one, an undisciplined, an undisciplined child is one who robs his father and his mother. Proverbs 28 and verse 24. Whoso robbeth his father or his mother and saith, It is no transgression, the same is a companion of a destroyer. Now why would I say that? Why, why would I, I take that time to tell you about an undisciplined child? Well, here it is. How I discipline my children reveals whether I have faith in Christ. And specifically concerning his word. Because the Bible's plain that you and I are to discipline our children. I'm not going to get into all how we're supposed to do that today. I, I've got a pretty good idea that I, I think the Bible has, has laid out a, a way that we discipline our kids. 
I, I, I think it's, I think it's, you know, and, and look, we, we may differ in this, and that's fine. It ain't nothing to break fellowship over, but I think it's physical. I think it's a physical discipline. You say, well, I, I, well there's a way to go overboard. Amen? But I think it's a physical discipline. Here's what I know about God. God's got a funny way of physically disciplining us. I don't know if you've ever if you've ever looked around one day and said, "Man, Lord, is this the chastening hand of God?" You ever looked around and thought, "Man, am I sowing what I am I am I reaping what I've sown, Lord?" Lord, is 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 this is this a season to where you're actually having to chasten me as a father doth his child? Like you're actually taking me to the woodshed kind of thing? You're actually taking me to the bedroom or to the bathroom? And, and you're wearing my hind end. Is that what you're doing, Lord? You say, oh, God wouldn't do that, or would he? Because whosoever, the Bible said, spareth the rod, it spoils the child. You say, well, I just don't believe in that. And that, Hey, look, we're, again, we're not here to argue over that. Here's what I will say. Not raising my children in the nurture of, and the admonition of the Lord reveals how much faith I have in Jesus. Number two, number two, how I lead my children directly reveals how I see eternity. How I lead my children directly reveals how I see eternity. A godly mother wants her children to be godly. Amen? And, and so what does she do? She leads the way. She leads the way. But now get this, a mother cannot pass on to her children values and qualities that she doesn't actually possess. And it goes back to the statement, we make it around here all the time, you reproduce what you are. And so, if I'm in here, and I, and I will say this, let's couple them together. If I'm a godly mother, or a, if, I, if I want to be a godly mother or a godly father, guess what i got to do? got to be godly. Amen? So the first step in, in, in becoming this is to surrender to Jesus Christ. Is to completely surrender to Jesus Christ in everything that we are, in everything that we have been. And now get this, how I lead my children directly reveals how I see eternity. I want you to look at that statement combined with 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 14 and 15. But continue, this is Paul, he's, direct, he's, direct, he's addressing Timothy, and he's encouraging Timothy, and he's wanting Timothy, this is a pastoral epistle, and he's trying to encourage Timothy in, in his pastoring this church, and he says this, But to continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. How I lead my children directly, uh, directly reveals how I see eternity. A lot of people will scoff at that. But I tell you what, I wonder how many people are trying to raise pastors in this room. Amen. 
How many people are trying to raise missionaries in this room? How many people are trying to raise Christians that, listen, that, that when we're gone, this place ain't gone with it? Well, one thing, one, one of the big things that I've done in, in Awana when uh, we did the whole pizza deal over there was I, I, I continue, I, I kept asking the question, who's going to pastor the church when I'm gone? And I think it was Enoch. Uh, um, I think Hudson said something about I, there. There were several boys. I think I think uh, um, I think Hudson said something about. There's several boys, and they're 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 raising their hand. And they're hey, I, that probably me, probably me. I asked I asked I I said, well, who who's going to do what Miss Candice and Miss Tory does? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Who's going to do that? Who's going to do what Brother Sean does? Who's going Who's going to do all that stuff? Kimber raises her hand. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to do it. Ray raises her hand. I, there's, and, and these girls are, are popping their hands up all over the place. Brindley, they're popping their hands up all over the place. You say, what are you doing? Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's an intentional thing that we've got to understand. If we don't lead our kids to replace us, this ship will sink. And, and get this. You ready for this? If it sinks, it wasn't of God. You won't go out in eternity like that? I mean, God help us. God help us that there may be a little pastor. There may be a, a, a kid that's 9, 10, 11, 12 years old in this room that could be pastor. It could be the, the kid that we send out to, to start a church could be in here right now. In this church right now. Man, that... They don't do something to us. How I lead my children ought to directly, it ought to be impacted by how I see eternity in light of the judgment seat, in light of other people coming to Christ. You're raising somebody to be an evangelist in your home. Now, that puts a responsibility on every person in this church, too. Every one of you. That puts a responsibility on people that don't that don't live in my house too. That are raising my kids too. That puts a hey, that puts a responsibility on a bunch of wet blankets. That want to put that want to put the fire out. You you want enough smoke to where it looks like you've been engaged. In, in, in a form of Christianity. But let it get hot. Let the fire heat up and you want to put a blanket on it. Let it get serious. Let, let, let things heat up. And people start committing their lives to Jesus. And somebody tar- starts talking about getting in, uh, being, being a part of a real live discipling relationship. Let it get heated. And you throw a blanket on it. You see, that's, that, let, hey, what, what about this? Come in church and it's dead as a doornail and it's your fault. That's your fault. That's not my fault. If my kid, you ought to come in, you ought to come in ready. Why? Well, because one, if there is a pastor over there that desires the office of a bishop one day, y'all do everything you can to encourage that. 
If there, if there, if there is, a, if there is a girl over there that that is considering things of ministry and is considering how she's going to be used in the ministry, listen, it would be a, it would be a stinking shame for you to throw a blanket on that as a church member. For you to look at that like, oh, it ain't no big deal. Listen, cause you're, just because just cause you won't submit to the Lord, don't, don't make it hard for them to do it. Just because, you, you, just, because, just because we need nurseries in the, we need volunteers in the nursery, somebody besides my wife and kids. Somebody besides the people that always do it. Don't, don't, don't throw a wet blanket on somebody else. You see, what, what we do is we don't see eternity for what it is. And it's coming fast. Man, Dylan put a post up there. I meant to share that thing. I glanced over it quickly. What, what for real? What, what if it is? What if it is? 30 years. That's all we got left. What if you, what if you, let's, let's quote the old Tim McGraw song. Could you live for the next 30 years like Jesus come back? Or, or as Tim would say, like you were dying? Could you live like that? Just 30 years. Could you give 30 years for a thousand? Could you have 30 years for a thousand on this earth? Ruling and reigning with Christ. That's all he wants. Let's just say we got 30 years. We got 30 years. Let's just say we got 30 years till he comes back. Could you give? Could you give a thousand? Could you give that up for a thousand? How I how I view eternity, how how I how I raise, I lead my children directly reveals how I see eternity. Let me give this next one. How I steward my relationships or my relationship with my spouse directly affects how my children are going to see theirs. It was not supposed to have an S on there. We're not polygamous. Sorry. A little grammar goes a long ways, don't it? Turn into a turn into a group moving to Utah in a heartbeat with one S. <clears throat> How I view my relationship with my spouse directly affects how my children are going to see theirs. You may not believe it, but you're setting your kids up for how they're going to live their life with their spouse. Men are to love their wives, and wives are to submit their husbands because they love their wives. There's three things that, that I think we could at least just hit them and move on. There's three things that would change a home if a wife would be prepared to do them that would directly change a kid's perception of what a mother and a father were supposed to be as a husband and a wife. Number one, a wife is to be her husband's companion. A wife is to be her husband's companion. And the Lord God said, it is not good 
that man should be alone, I will make him and help meet for him. Make sure you get it. God, God gave Eve to Adam first as a companion. Why? Because Adam was alone. Because Adam was alone and it was good for Adam not to be alone. So what happens? God gives, God gives Adam a companion in Eve. You see, the, the facts are this. Husbands need friendships. And the first and the most meaningful friendship should be with his wife. Why? Well, because you're going to share joy. You're going to share trials. You're going to share tribulation. It shouldn't be a guy. There should no guy in the room that's married have a, a better best friend than his wife. If he is, he's not doing it right. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like having a wife as your friend. There's nothing like why? Well, because it makes the joys more joyful, more joyful. And, and it makes the trials way more sweeter. Can you imagine going through, man, can you imagine going through trials? And having to call somebody else besides your spouse at the first glance of a trial. husband needs a companion and how you steward that relationship as a companion is something that your child will see number one uh, no, number two I already see some of his faces turning red over that second part there we'll leave, we'll, we'll leave that one alone you can read it and move on if you're not being intimate with your husband you're you got issues. A wife is to help her husband. A wife is to help her. I will make him and help me. I will make him a help me. God plans for a wife to provide for her, her husband to fulfill God's purposes for his life. And, and listen, you're, you're able to do that. You're able as a wife, you're able to do that. You're able as a wife you can do that. And listen, let me say it again. How you do that is what your kids will see. And then, and then, and then see a wife is to reverence her husband. Ephesians 5 verse 33, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverences her husband. God makes it clear that wives need to be loved unconditionally and husbands need to be respected unconditionally. Let me say this. I know it. I know it's hard. I know it's hard for, for, for wives to respect. I, I know it's hard when you don't feel loved. But that's what God's called you to. Daniel, you come play that piano for me. You, do you hear what I'm saying when I say that? Make sure you don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not asking you to be a doormat. I'm not asking you to be a doormat. Well, that's what you're asking me when you won't let me stick up for myself. Nobody's... Nobody's asking you to be a doormat. And you don't need to be sticking up for yourself. Every time you turn around, mad about something else. I know, I know it's difficult to show respect when you don't feel loved, but, but I want you to understand this. It's extremely important for your kids to see 
that your behavior directly has been impacted by what the Word of God says. Why? Well, because you believe the Word of God over everything else. I, I, well, I, I, but, but you just don't know what I'm going through. I'm not asking you to be beat on. Nobody's asking you to do that. You see, emotion takes us and does things to us. And when we want to justify ourselves, we'll do it any way we can at the expense of the Word of God. Number four, whatever my relationship was, was, past tense, Whatever my relationship was, will, uh, will, will, that's a terrible grammar too, will be affected. You can't even make that out. Yeah, will affect people when I die. There we go. That's when the brain moves way faster than the keyboard. Well, this all happened about 3.45, like three nights ago. So there, there's that. Right when, I, right when I passed that stinking, um, right when I passed this big giant cake that they brought home from this baby shower. I just had to pass the cake and then I went straight to the recliner. Uh, so, so, so it is what it is. Did you know that did you know that nobody, nobody's going to remember when you die? Much about you at all. When you're dead and gone, nobody's going to remember a whole lot about you. But you know what I, you know what I remember about people? I remember, I remember how they treated their spouse. And you got grandmas and granddads in here that's passed on. You probably remember that too. You know what else I remember? I remember whether people love Jesus or not. They ain't a whole lot impact me. They ain't a whole lot. But people, my granddad had, had a lot of things that impacted me. And I, I, have, I have remembered most of them. But two things that's going to affect your eternity. You say, how's it going to affect my eternity? It will be what sends you to the judgment seat with less or more. With how you affected people by your relationship with your spouse or Jesus and Jesus Christ. I, I, I want you to look, 2 Timothy chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and, and verse number 4. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. Now, now look at verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, you ready? Which, fir, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in thee also. Paul remembered. Paul remembered the faith of his grandmother and his mother. 
That's what Paul remembered. Look, they're dead and gone. When I call to remembrance, this is a past tense. You understand? When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith uh, that is in thee which first dwelt in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice. Like this is their life put on display. That's what impacted Paul. And he says, look, Timothy, that's in you. I'm, I'm persuaded. I'm pretty sure that's in you. You know, it's that line, I, I, think, you're, I think you're the real deal. You ever look at anybody like, man, I think you're, I think you're for real. Because, you know, you're always like, man, most people, like, you, you got to be careful because you don't know whether they're real or not. They're, man, they'll trick you. So you, you, you watch them like hawks, and then you just got to make sure. you you got to be around people long enough. Listen, what, what do you want people to remember about you when you die? You don't, what do you want them to remember? You want them to remember something that is going to affect an eternity? Or, or, or do you want them to, to remember... Man, my, my mom, she, she provided the best clothes money could buy. And she worked 80 hours a week to do it. Man, my dad, you all the stuff my dad, man, all the stuff he gave me, I never seen. Man, you just wouldn't believe, man, I had the best life money could buy. You know what? Most people that say that, they'd give all that money they got just to go back and get a life that money can't buy. Money can't buy you what happened in, 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 in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Money don't buy you a grandma and a grandma, uh, a grandma and a, and a mama like, like Timothy had. You can't get that with money. You don't, you don't get things like that. You don't get, you don't get a heritage like that. Listen, we don't build heritages like that. So you trying to build a heritage? I'm trying. I, listen, I had one. It was all jacked up. And I think God's, I think God's doing a new work. I think God's going to change my. I think, I think if the Lord don't come back, man, I, I hope, I hope, I hope so bad that my grandchildren serve the Lord. Man, I, I, I just, with everything within me, I, man, I pray all the time. Lord, I hope my grandchildren serve the Lord. He said, why aren't you praying for your kids? I pray for my kids, but if they're the real deal, my grandkids serve the Lord. If they're the real, if they're the real McCoy, if they're going to come out on the other side of this thing and be Christians and be sold out to the mission, their kids are going to serve the Lord. And if we can get their kids to serve the Lord, well, we 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 may have done a few things right, done a whole lot wrong, but maybe there's a couple things we did do right. Man, this morning the call is clear. Call is clear to holiness. The call is clear to not be better mothers and to not be better fathers and to, to not be better spouses. 
Not to be better husbands and better wives. What's the call to? The call is to sell out to Jesus Christ. It's not to, to get on a level, oh, i got to hit that expert level of, 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 of being a husband or a wife. No, no. If you're in here and you're a terrible husband, you're a mediocre husband, you're an okay husband, you're a terrible wife, a mediocre wife, an okay wife, you don't got to hit the levels. It's just surrender. It's just surrender to Jesus Christ. We ain't got to keep. We ain't got to keep doing all that stuff. You say, "Well, man, you know, I, I, the, the whole fatherhood thing. It really gets to me." Listen, God's taught me how to be a father. He took that book and He taught me how to be that. And look, if you want God to do that, all it takes, it's going to take surrender. It's going to take surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Let's do this. Every head bowed. Brother Daniel's going to sing. And I, I wonder, um, he's, he's going to sing uh, that song that he's playing right now. And look, it, it literally said, when all, the, when all the smoke is gone, Lord, help me to be, Lord, help me be the real deal. When it's all gone, all the lights are gone, when there's nobody looking, Lord, help me. Help me, help me be the person I need to be. I wonder how many of you, man, you, this morning God just dealt with your heart, and you're like, man, I, look, I, I feel like I just, man, you, you want to come, you want to get along with the Lord up here? You want somebody to pray with you? Whatever you want to do. I wonder how, Brother Dan's going to sing, I wonder how many of you, 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 you would come and respond to whatever. Brother Dylan said it this morning, just say yes. May our, whatever God's saying, just say yes. Just stink and say yes to Jesus. Say, I'm just tired of it. I'm coming to say yes. I wonder how many of you just get out of your seat. Brother Daniel, Brother Daniel sing. You say, man, I'm just, I'm going to come get still before the Lord in the altar. I'm just going to say yes to Christ. Whatever it is, I'm going to say yes to the Lord. You're in here and you're lost. You say, if you die right now, you ain't got any assurance of your own salvation. I'd love to take a Bible and show you what it means to be saved. There's a woman in here. If you're a lady, you'd, you, you won't be saved. There's a, take a Bible and show you what it means to be, come to faith in Jesus Christ. There's already some coming. This morning, Brother Daniel, you sing. Would, would you come? Would you come this morning? Take away the melody Take the songs that I sing Take away all the lights And all the songs you let me write Does the man I am Say the words you need to say. Let them see you in me. Let them hear you when I speak. Let them feel you when I sing. Let them see.
Let them see you in me. Who am I without your grace? Another smile, another face, another breath, a grain of sand. Passing quickly through your hand. I give my life, I'm not afraid. Take it all, take everything. Let them see you in me. Let them hear you when I speak. Let them feel you when I sing. Let them see you. Let them see 